Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1047. Don't lose your composure. Stay with it. Keep fighting. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in all the way from Germany, Martin Klein. Hey, Martin, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am not buckled up, to be honest, but I'm ready for the adventure, and thanks for having me, Mark. Absolutely. Great to talk to you again. Martin and I met at the SEMA show back in 2017 when he was kind enough to invite me to a nice reception that Ricaro, and that's the company that we'll be talking about today, had uh, during the SEMA show. And of course, listeners will remember Ulrich or Uli Andre, who was guest number 919, was on the show back in December of 2017. Martin C. Klein is the Vice President and Global Head of Adiant Premium Brand Recaro Automotive Seating in Germany. He leads the complete automotive branch of Recaro, being responsible for their performance car seat business. Martin's past includes time at Daimler-Benz in their M&A, their worldwide special truck operations, and on strategic projects including turning the single brand dealer network into a multi-brand organization after their merger with Chrysler. His final assignment for Daimler was serving as the director of Mercedes-Benz branch in Germany. And after 25 years at Daimler, Martin joined a privately held German investment company. And today, heading Recaro Automotive Seating is an honor for him and an obligation at the same time, carrying the torch for such an iconic brand. So Martin, I told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and a very obvious passion for automobiles? I'd love to. I think I was basically born into the automotive business. My grandfather, he worked on an assembly line uh, polishing speedometers way back when, basically 100 years ago. My uncle had a Porsche dealership, and my dad was the managing director of a tier one supplier to the auto manufacturers. I joined Mercedes-Benz basically right out of university. Thinking back, I think the fumes of gasoline and the sounds of running engines have been around me for all my life. Uh, No doubt, no doubt. Very interesting family background. So it sounds like you were born with petrol and oil in your veins. Uh, That's very cool. I love it. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life, and it's a very nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Martin, take the wheel. Only if you promise not to laugh, because um, oh, okay. mine, mine, are, mine are rather simplistic ones. The first one I always say to myself is there is always room for improvement. You always have to be able to question yourself and, and obviously your organization. What can we do to get better? What can we do to be more efficient, uh, more innovative? Resting on your laurels does not really bring you forward. And the second one, I would go back to one of um, the most famous U.S. philosophers, Yogi Berra. Um, yes. <laughs> who, who formed the saying, it's not over till it's over. I, I always misuse it a little bit. For me, it means keep your head together, keep your composure. You can still par or birdie the hole even after your drive has landed in a trap, 
don't lose your composure. Stay with it. Keep fighting. And, and that's what that uh, gives me. You know, I love both of those quotes. And uh, the first one, of course, it reminds me of a very German philosophy of just working so hard and always striving to improve. My listeners know I'm a huge German car fan, BMW, Porsche. I've had many of those cars. I've sat in many Recaro seats over my years. I love that iconic brand. It's absolutely fantastic. And when you think about a brand like Recaro and how long it's been around and you don't stay around a long time without working really hard and constantly innovating. And I'd love for you to share a little story about the history of Recaro before I jump into the next question, because you shared this with me when I was at the event with you in SEMA. And I didn't know this about Recaro, going back to how it all kind of started and with a different company. Can you share that story? Uh, we have to go back to 1906, a little town um, northwest of Stuttgart where a gentleman called Wilhelm Reuter founded a coach-making company. It was the very early days of car building or car manufacturing, but it was still a pretty good business in coaches. And that's what he basically did. More or less by coincidence, a guy living fairly close to him um, called Ferdinand Porsche had the idea of building cars in the 20s. And not having built cars before, um, he turned to his local coachmaker for assistance, so to say. Cut a long story short, um, Reuter um, uh, Carrosserie, and that's where the, the name Recaro comes from. The first two letters, R-E, are the first two letters of Reuter's last name. And Caro is the short form for the French word carrosserie, which means car body. So until the early 50s, Reuter um, built all car, uh, Porsche cars. The early 356s you see uh, still driving around, their VIN plate will not say Porsche, it will say Reuter Carrosserie. And even the very first 911 prototype, or at that time 901 prototype, was built by, by Reuter. And then Porsche decided in the early 50s, hey, we're the auto manufacturer, maybe it makes sense that we built the automobiles. So they bought the coach-making business from Reuter. And the remaining business of Reuter turned into uh, seating and interiors. And that's where uh, Recaro came from. Basically, what they started with was how can we control the vehicle with the seat? That led to innovations like in 1965, the first sports seat, or in 1967, the first rally seat. We could continue on now, but it was always the, the core philosophy of how can I control the vehicle with my seat? This all originated in starting out as a, a coach or car builder. If you have a minute, um, yes. Google it. Uh, read the Wikipedia thing. It, it's really one of the true icons of the automotive industry. It absolutely is. And I'm so thankful that you shared that story with my listeners because I had Uli on the show, of course, as you know, last year, and he shared some of that. But I, I love to share it again with people that maybe didn't hear Uli's show because it is so fascinating. And, and you think about companies like Porsche and Reuter, and Recaro, and all these companies that have been around for so long, and many times we don't know where they came from, but I love the whole philosophy of controlling the car from the seat, the old seat-of-the-pants driving, which is so important in any kind of driving, and especially in performance driving. And of course, Recaro is thought of as a performance brand, at least in my mind. So thank you very much for sharing fascinating history. 
about the company. Yeah, great. Well, would you share a story that instigated your personal passion for cars? You talk about growing up in a car family, so it was almost inevitable that you were going to have a passion for cars. But sometimes kids go off in an opposite direction, but you didn't, thankfully. Tell us about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that just like your grandfather and your father, you were going to be a car guy too. I think it's been the sound of revving engines. The sound of a six-cylinder opposed still today gives me goosebumps when I hear it. Um, (laughs) Paired with the great concept of individual mobility, I can go wherever I want to go at any given time. That was basically what, what, what fascinated me early on. And obviously, when you, when you can get from A to B and have some fun in between A and B with the vehicle you're using, that's the combination uh, that has pure joy written all over it. And that's basically what fueled my interest in, in automobiles. Well, and when you think about Germany, for most of us who are car enthusiasts, Germany, of course, is known for the Autobahn, uh, the spectacular roadways and highways that connect the cities and and the unlimited speed limits that back in the day, obviously, was probably much easier than how busy things have become today. But even when I was back last in Germany, which has been far too long since I've been there, was in 2011 and driving through the Autobahn and having some stretches where you can go literally as fast as you want to go brings back the concept of what a lot of us Americans take for granted is having this massive freedom of these freeway systems that connect us all together and and do give us that freedom to just get in a car and drive and go anywhere we want. It's it's a wonderful thing. So, And for those listeners out there that haven't been to Germany, you've got to get over there, drive on the Autobahns, and if you get a chance, go to the, uh, of course, the Nürburgring, and uh, you can drive a car there and uh, go as fast as you dare. Just be careful. It's eaten a lot of cars. <laughs> For sure, I've been there been there three times. Happy to say I, I did not have any serious off-road excursions. Had one that got close to a guardrail, but didn't quite hit it. Thank goodness. But uh, don't expect to take your rental car. They don't let you do that anymore. I think they've wised up. So, But you can take rides in the, uh, the taxi, they call it there, which, of course, is uh, fantastic. Well, Martin, what I want to do now is take a look at the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. And of course, the great thing about challenges and failures is they teach us valuable lessons. So walk us through one of yours and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your business. Oh, man, how many hours do we have here? <laughs> um. <laughs> I love it when I love it when the answer starts like that. It's great. Um, like you just said, I think it's it's the failures that shape our mindset actually more intensively than the successes. In my case, it, it normally ranks around being impatient. Mm. Most of my failures um, have started out that way. If I look at a typical situation today, it's when I battle with engineering. I always want more in less time. And when you keep pushing engineers too hard, um, mm-hmm. oftentimes they just reach uh, deep into their bag of arguments and the ultimate one comes out, okay, I can try this, uh, but it will probably not work or it will not be safe. You still want me to do it? And, and um, obviously, you, in, in such a situation, you can only say no. And what I've learned or what I've taken away from that is that I always try to understand and respect the other side, what drives their decision-making. What are their limitations and so forth? And I actually think it works quite well. Better understanding the same challenge from 
a different angle at least helps me to channel my impatience. <laughs> and, and, and I think it's more respectful, too. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It, you know what comes to mind is that saying, better, faster, cheaper, pick any two. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, always comes to mind. Exactly. And also the great quote by uh, Stephen Covey from The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. First, listen to understand and then speak to be understood. That's I like that saying. Yeah, I like that saying a lot. And I understand that, you know, when you're you're driving a company and you're trying to push, 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 and especially engineers where there are some physical limitations. There's, of course, money limitations, and there's engineering limitations, and you're trying to push them. physics. Don't forget the physics. (laughs) Of course, yeah. The most important thing in a moving vehicle. I think it's it's absolutely fantastic. But uh, I like the way you said that is is learning some patience and the understanding side. I think that's uh, absolutely impaired for sure. And for a company like Recaro that's constantly innovating, constantly having to move forward and, and and remind our listeners here a little bit, I'd love for you to share at this point a little bit about the suppliers that uh, are, you are a supplier to manufacturers. A lot of us think of Recaro as only maybe being in a, a Porsche, for say, or maybe BMW or something. But can you explain a little bit of all the different products that you supply to different automobile manufacturers? Well, first of all, I would like to say that we not only supply to auto manufacturers, we also supply into the aftermarket. So basically everybody can buy a Recaro seat. If you want one, you can get one. Um, So we we do a lot of retrofitting into old cars or in up-specking modern cars. Um, Our seats are available all around the world. But obviously, you, you mostly see them in, in, um, in automobiles um, built by the large car manufacturers. So you will find our seats in AMGs, for example, in the, in the GTR versions. You will find our seats in Aston Martin vehicles. You will find them in the Cadillac V-Series. Basically, everybody who builds ambitious um, performance vehicles uh, sooner or later, comes to us, starts talking to us, and in many cases, it leads to a business relationship that lasts for a long, long time. Absolutely. Yeah, I had a 72 911S for a long time that had some aftermarket Recaro racing seats in it that were just spectacular. They were corduroy with huge bolsters, wonderful seats, but they weren't accurate to that car, of course, so I ended up finding an old set of OEM sports seats, Recaro sports seats, that were made for that car in 1972, um, and I swapped those back and forth between the car. But, uh, yeah, the fact that you can still buy Recaros and put them in your vehicles today is absolutely fantastic. And I want to make sure those listeners out there knew that. And, of course, I'll put links to the website where you can go and learn more about Recaro. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum here, Martin. I'd love for you to share a story. When you had one of those career aha moments, now you worked for Mercedes-Benz Daimler for 25 years. And then you pivoted into the private sector and now you're with Recaro. So you've done a couple pivots and that no doubt was uh, responsible because of some aha moments. So take us through one of yours, if you would. In a general way, let's start on the 35,000 foot level. I truly believe that being an entrepreneur actually means playing a team sport. Not many entrepreneurs, or, or there's always a few entrepreneurs that believe they can run everything within a company, but as soon as the company gets a little larger, it is clearly a team sport, and you can only be successful when you take it up as, as such. 
what I think is is really key here is that you need to be willing to invest into a heterogeneous team. So people with different backgrounds, different educations, different personalities, and, and so forth. That's where the power to innovate comes from. You don't create new ideas when you all think alike. You need to have different people, different mindsets. And that also helps to constantly challenge yourself what you're doing. Obviously, it's harder to lead such a team or to be a part of such a team, but when you manage to create a culture of openness where you can share different opinions and discuss them openly, then you truly have a winner. And this is independent from the business you're in. You always need specialists from different functions, different fields, and the more versatile the people are, the different personalities they bring to the table, I think that's actually... Uh, that that sparks the fire. It's wonderful. I, I'm so glad you shared that because you're right. A lot of small business people that start their business, they feel like they everything has to be done their way. And when they get that kind of tipping point and the company starts to grow and they can't figure out why can't I get past this? Almost always what you just shared there is the reason why. Almost always. <laughs> They're limiting themselves, if you will. And I, and I we think just, we, we, we just have a very recent example. Pretty big auto manufacturer, West Coast. Big challenges. No doubt. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about a really special car in your life, your first really special car, and maybe share a memory <laughs> you have about that vehicle. <laughs> life is, is, is full of surprises, and the world is small. My first special car was a used red 1972 911S. Oh, with a no way! fuel injection system <laughs> uh, putting That's... out 170 horse. <laughs> The that two point four liter, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was that was my that was my first really special car. It was completely oh, wow. beat up. It was rusty, and somebody had monkeyed around with it. It was not in a good shape, with the exception of the engine. The engine was just perfect. Driving around in it, listening to the sound of the engine was unbelievable. When I drove it home uh, from the place where I bought it, it was. It was like a two-hour drive, and it was a chilly but a sunny day. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I mainly went through hilly terrain and, and the woods and stuff. And at one point, I brought the window down, and I smelled the scent of fresh-cut grass. I really remember that moment because I asked myself, what else can there be? It was just, <laughs> that was it. it, it that was yeah. it. And I, and I will never forget it. I will, I will really never forget that. Ah, wonderful. Yeah, I guess we do share a wonderful point in our time. I loved that car. I did a lot of driving in that car. My kids learned how to drive stick shift in that car and uh, did a lot of tours and rallies. Drove it an awful lot. It's it's a car, one of the one of the few I've had that I really, really miss and hope to get back someday. But boy, they've gotten expensive. So uh, maybe oh, really? a challenge. Yes, they did. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Well, how about a vehicle that you've let go and you've sold that you really wish you had back in the garage? Is there one of those in your life? That's the one. That's, that's the one. That, that's no the doubt. one. Um, yeah. I, I should have kept it. It would have been a complete rebuilding project, but it just had it. It was like the first love of your life. It, 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 that, was, that was the thing. For me at that time, it was too big of a project financially, yeah. and I, I did not have the skill set myself to, to do all the work. I had to let it go. I, I remember at that time, I was actually relieved. I made some money selling it, but I think 
after less than a year, I started feeling the pain and I feel it, um, I feel it today. Yeah, I understand. Well, I'll tell you, my old car is for sale right now. It's for sale at Road Scholars. Uh, Cam Ingram has been a guest on the show, runs that company, and his dad, Robert Ingram. But they want a pretty penny for that car. It's just, it's I crazy how, that. yeah, how expensive. And the great thing about my car, it was all original. A wonderful original car uh, in beautiful condition. Yeah, just, just really, really right. But I, I share your feelings. Sorry that I let it go, but we all have those stories. Well, let's move on to happier things and talk about what has you excited and fired up right now with Recaro. I'd love for you to share with our listeners some more about Recaro, how they can learn more about it, all the different things they can access there. What has you excited today about your company? We're working heavily on a new seat. It's a, a, a pretty cool thing. It'll be, it'll come out late 2019. And truth be told, it's one of the finest pieces of automotive technology where you don't put fuel inside that I have seen in a long time. It's actually not only a seat, it's a modular concept. It will give you the ideal combination of substructure. That's the the metal stuff underneath the seat. You need to tilt the seat, move it back and forth and up and down and so forth. The seat cushion and the backrest, basically for every vehicle type. And in every possible combination, it's also by far the lightest seat in the business. You can put it into performance two-seaters, including obviously the necessary track features it needs to have, in performance four-seaters and in performance SUVs. We're actually currently talking to an auto manufacturer who thinks about solely using that platform across all their vehicle lines. It combines modern composite uh, composite materials, lightweight metals. It's got a mean design, and and it brings all the typical Recaro features like safety, um, like the connection to your vehicle, feeling the performance, controlling your vehicle with what we call the bottometer, and all these kind of things. And 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 I'm I'm super excited. We have shown the seat. Last year in Frankfurt at the at the Motor Show, we've shown it this spring uh, or this January, better to say, in Detroit at NIAS, and we'll put it into the first drivable prototypes. Uh, we'll put the first drivable prototypes in vehicles basically as we speak. The guys at the Ford Motor Company will will um, test the seat. Uh, it'll go to General Motors. Um, it'll go to all the performance car manufacturers. And so far, um, everything we've heard about the seat really fuels our excitement. So oh, we're how really exciting. happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. I can't wait to see it myself. Um, congratulations. Very, very cool. And as far as today, if my listeners want to reach out and uh, put a Recaro seat in their car, where can they find you guys? Go to RecaroAutomotive.com. And depending on where you are, whether you're in the U.S., in Europe, or in Asia, you will get to the appropriate websites. I, I got to be honest, though, we're, we're currently overhauling those sites. Don't be frustrated. They're not that sexy at the moment. We'll, it'll take us another two to three months to really polish them to the place, uh, to the way we want them to be. But you will still find all the appropriate information and so forth today. They're a little cumbersome, uh, cumbersome though. But when you go there, just remember how old Recaro is, and so <laughs> you, you, you give us a little, a little slack there. A little, yeah, a little slack. 
But uh, no, no doubt the new sites will be fantastic, and uh, I'll make sure I put links on Martin's show notes page. Very, very cool. I'm excited about this new seat. Fantastic. Um, here's a very introspective question for you, Martin. If you were a vehicle, what would Martin be and why? I would go for uh, a Mercedes-Benz for an AMG E-Class, for an E63. Why would I go there? Because I think it's okay roomy. It's not the smallest, but it's not also it's also not the largest car. It's okay comfy. It, it does what it's supposed to do. It's got an okay curb appeal. It's got lots of power. It's fast when you need it. If you put a bottom line underneath that, I would say it's it's versatile. And I think that's what what makes me pick that model. Nice, nice. I like the AMG touch as well, of course. So a little performance thrown in there. So uh, very yeah. nicely done. Yeah. Well, Martin, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable, even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator. And you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years, and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Dot com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Martin, we're back and we're entering the last lap. That's where I fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Check the tires. <laughs> yes, always. Yeah. It's amazing how many people don't do that. Yeah, people put so much, they invest so much money into stereo systems, exhausts, um, seats, whatever it is, 
But sometimes when you see high-performance car parked at the curb and you look at the tires, those guys are flirting with disaster. Uh, so yes. It's, it's, it's the only connection you have with this planet. So yes. make sure it's a good <laughs> yeah. one. Uh, yeah, very nicely said. I love it. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your many successes over the years? Well, we talked about that already. I think it's being open to different opinions. Other opinions give different angles, perspectives, a, a, a chance. Think about it, digest it, and, and then try to find the best way. Great. Nicely said. Now, how about a resource? There are lots of great resources for us automotive enthusiasts out there today. Is there one that you'd like to share with our listeners? I would refer to a video you can find on YouTube. It sums up pretty nicely what we do at Recaro. If you key in Recaro and Devil's Playground in YouTube, you will see a short video that basically shows what Recaro is all about. It's a great video, too. I'll make sure I put a link on Martin's show notes page. you got to check it out if you haven't seen it. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I don't know. I've, I've, I've met too many of those guys. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that tells you how old I am. I, w- I would go beyond that if I'm allowed to. And, yes. And I would not only like to reach beyond the automotive industry, I would like to name three guys. Okay. I would like to, to have a chat with Jackie Robinson, number 42, mm. because he really changed the game, literally. I would like to to have a chat with Dr. J, Julius Irving. He changed Ah, the game, too. Yes. And I would like to have a chat with Arnold Palmer. Nice. Because he also um, um, changed the game. And they all changed the game because they they kept challenging themselves, which I think is just one of the most important virtues there are. I love it. I would love to sit at that table with you as well. That would be absolutely... (laughs) That's a very unique answer to that question, and I appreciate you going there, and especially for the reason. Uh, These are people that were game changers, literally, um, to use a pun, changing the game in each of their uh, perspective fields. Yes, that would be a very nice drink indeed. I think we'd have to make a meal out of that, Martin. That would be cool. That would be that would be cool. I think so. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? Yes, we we talked about famous American philosophers when I quoted Yogi Berra. There is a second one I like to quote, and he even re- uh, wrote a book, Charles Barkley. Book's title is "I Might Be Wrong, But I Doubt It." It's an easy read, but when you when you really go into the book and you and you understand where he's coming from, I like the way he addresses things. He's not shy of, of giving an opinion. He also talks about things that are not always politically correct, but he does it in a good way. And I think if we would have more on this earth like this, the earth would be a better place. Nicely. I haven't heard that book recommended yet here on Cars Yeah, but I'll remind our listeners I'll put all these great resources on Martin's show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Martin Klein. K-L-E-I-N, and you will find his page along with that book reference. I'm going to get my hands on that book and read it. All right, Martin, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world, but you've got to keep it, and you've got to drive it. I want you to enjoy it. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. That little trick's off the table. What's it going to be? I'm pretty sure that you and I will not have a debate about it. (laughs) It's three digits. It's one legend. It's a 911. Yes. It's what automobiles are all about. 
safety, light weighting, power, classic design, not over the top, not freaky. You can do everything with that car, and it's a classic. So you can drive down um, to the gas station, get your six-pack of beer. You can take it and, and go on vacation and everything. That's the one. Very nice. Now, Porsche, of course, is celebrating 70 years, I believe, now of the 911. Yeah. So is there any particular year, make, and model you like? Because that's a pretty broad spectrum when you say Porsche 911. Let's pick a 1973 2.7 liters RSR. Oh, is that gosh. precise enough? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, you've hit you've hit a nerve here for me because yes, that's a awesome, awesome car. And I had Spike Ferriston, who's known over here in the United States as the uh, the guy who puts people together with their cars. And um I asked him that question. I said, Spike, what car would you pick for me? And that's the car he picked for me, knowing me and knowing my passion for Porsches, but loving the performance side of those cars. So 73 2.7 RSR. Oh, yes. Uh, very, very nice vehicle. I, I can't wait to find you one of those. Do you have a particular color? Are you picky about color? I would take the white one with the blue uh, Carrera on the side. Ah, yes. The classic look. Very nicely done. Ah, Fantastic. You've taken us on a great ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed learning more about you and Recaro. Thank you for sharing your automotive journey. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off down the Autobahn towards the uh, the green hell, as they call it, the Nürburgring in that 73 2.7 RSR? I would say stay true to yourself. Nobody is the better you than yourself. Never forget that there is always room for improvement. Never rest your laurels. And don't forget, it ain't over till it's over. Wonderful. Spectacular. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Recaro? First of all, I would recommend everybody to go to Wikipedia and, and read the Recaro story because it's, it's a long one and it's a good one. And for all the rest, it's recaro-automotive.com. Perfect. I'll make sure I put links on Martin's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. Check it out. Of course, most of us know about Recaro. We've heard and sat in many Recaro seats over the years and times. I have too. Have them in my vehicles. Fantastic seats. And check out the video we talked about too. It's a spectacular video. Martin, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars yeah! audience. Until you and I meet again, I'll see you down the road. Mark, thank you. It's been a blast. <laughs> thank you. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. 
Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!